disappointed because we've cl- we clearly started the show i would have thought the the one time to bring back the shtick oh the no we, we've killed bits would it, this would have been the time to bring back the bit but no this is about as dead as the bit could be the, this the, is it the bit <laughs> has been cremated wow. the ashes are in the pacific okay <laughs> i don't think we could get the timing down if we tried anymore yeah <laughs> oh that'd be that's ooh, true very unreal Completely dead and gone, but we are going 360 in our 360th episode of the podcast. That's right. It's 360th episode, according to my count, which could be wrong, but let's go with it. Prove us wrong in the Discord. <laughs> Plus or minus 10. I mean, yeah, there's a margin of error, you know, yeah, like, close it up. like any great, yeah, Rasmussen poll or whatever. <laughs> like you just have to sort of give or take uh, about eight years as well. Yeah, it's, I think, eight years last week. Approaching a decade, guys. Can you believe it? How do you feel about that, Nico? Hitting a decade. We should explain what we're doing. So we <laughs> we uh, we watched Pompidou again, which was the show that started it all, for those of you that have not been with us since the beginning. Nobody, nobody knows what the hell we're talking about, I think. The longest time, I've always been convinced of this idea that, you know, you guys did Pompidou because you were tipped off to it and you need to watch it. Right. You thought that we were jumping on some kind of trend. Sure. Yeah. That so we were we, trying to we, ride the wave of like ironic. I, I think it was it was like Zach's like, oh, I, you know, I like my English shit. Oh, I heard about this show. Pompadour yeah. That's there's out. this Internet yeah. culture that we're, we're just yeah seizing upon and, yeah. and sort of. Uh, I don't know, a hollow and <laughs> cynical way. Yeah, like, I like Matt Lucas, I like Little Britain, let's watch this. Sure. But in my research, uh, not the case. No. No. Uh, guys, this show has just disappeared off of the face of the earth. We had to watch it in 480 pixels. <laughs> the only known recorded version of this show left on Daily Motion. That's right, a site that I have not used in about 25 years. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also, Adam, not how we found the show. If anything, we beat the trends because it was after There were no trends. Let's be clear. There was no trend. Actually, let's be clear. Pompadour at one point after we had released became the worst rated show on Netflix. Back when Netflix did star ratings, yes, it was the lowest average. This is before they did thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, there were articles about this. And we so we were actually kind of ahead of the curve on realizing how bad it was before everyone else did. If you like went to the front porch of Netflix and you asked <laughs> Ted Sarandos, where's fucking Pompadour? He would be in a rocking chair with a piece of hay in his mouth being like, there hasn't been a show named Pompadour for over <laughs> eight years. Like it'd be that kind of thing. It is gone. It's either that they throw you out like Norm MacDonald dirty work yeah. on the curb. That's what they get the fuck out of here. For even asking. We do not speak that name in these offices. Ugh. So um, to answer your question, does it bother me that it's been so long? I mean, rewatching the show and hearing the theme song again and the cadence of Matt Lucas and Mm. the sort of like silent movie but not silent movie style of it 
Uh, it was like flipping through old yearbook photos. It was just nothing but cringe. Oh. It was just nothing but discomfort and cringe that I was ever involved with this at any point in time. I mean, I'm cringy enough about podcasts I did two days ago, never mind eight years ago. And <laughs> oh, uh, oh, let's talk about that for just half a second. <laughs> I guess Nick and I are not really the ones that we need to hear from today, right? I mean, Adam is really the, the guy that we're interested oh, in. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I... Listened back. No. Oh, no. No, no. I listened back to the first two episodes. I didn't have time for more, unfortunately, because we recorded like eight fucking hours of this. Yep. Yeah. This show was originally called the Pompadou Podcast for about eight episodes. (laughs) For about a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. This was the Pompadou Podcast. Right around the time where Pompadou ran out itself. (laughs) You're like, wait, what do we do now? (laughs) But let's let's set the scene, though, of like what we were doing. You need to explain that, though. I would like to know. (laughs) We had begun a uh, movie night specifically to kind of introduce me to good movies. Oh, wow. So this is why I'm currently engaged, isn't it? (laughs) In In a a sense. In some ways, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Adam's fiance was was an attendee of movie. Yeah, one of the original OG. She's been on the podcast longer than you, Adam. Yes. That is true. And a a founding member of movie night. Mm -hmm. And um, one day after movie night, I told them, I'm like, hey, guys, I found this really weird show on Netflix. I watched one episode of it. You specifically told Zach and I. Yeah. And I was like, well, specifically, yeah, I wanted Nico to watch it and uh, hate it. Because I think at the time I had been podcasting for about a year, a year and a half. And Nick and I were trying to figure out maybe something that we could do together. Like we And I had, I had joined you on a couple. I joined you on an episode of Two Cents. I think I joined you on Nico Show. That's when I was doing the Nico Show. That's right. Oh, yeah. the Nico Show. Um, yeah, so we had like done stuff, but like we were trying to kind of figure out. It was in the back of our heads. Like it was not a completely random occurrence that we decided to pick up a microphone and, and podcast together, but we didn't really know exactly what our way in was. You didn't know when you were going to start, what the catalyst was going to be really. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I also really quickly just want to say something to the audience here. Yeah. We watched Pompadou again, but this is not going to be about Pompadou. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this no. is about us. How does one discuss Pompadou really? You know what I mean? Like, I mean <laughs> this is a retrospective on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's well, what this is. We're going 360, baby. It did kind of make me go like, I'm involved with these guys because of this. Yeah. I was Jesus Christ. Like it you're was, one of my best friends because of this show. It's <sighs> like Adam and Nico in its current form doesn't exist. If is that a good or show. bad? Thing? I mean, it's a horrible thing, obviously, for myself and mankind. But we are here nonetheless. Yeah. The funny thing is, I didn't even know who Matt Lucas was at the time. I don't think I did either. I did. I would I would have known. Well, I don't know. I, I knew I knew him years later, really, from uh, the Great British Bake Off. Right. He's the host of that now, right? He's well. I think he's actually done now. Okay. Oh, he's done. But okay. he was for several years. Yeah. Okay. See, I would ha- if if I had been there, I would have been like, oh yeah, Matt Lucas. I I see him pop every every once in a while. He plays a ton of characters on Little Britain. Plays a hilarious gay man on Little Britain. That's like my favorite character ever. Uh, so and a teenage girl, <laughs> which we'll get to in a bit. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I maybe bridesmaids. Right? Doesn't he have like a small role in bridesmaids? He does. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's like a that guy, mm-hmm. but certainly was not a name that I was familiar with in 2015. For also for any listeners who've been listening for a while. I'm sure you know that for a long time we did a good afternoon to start the show and a naughty, very naughty 
to end the show, and that comes from Pompidou. <laughs> they are probably some of the only words ever spoken in this show. No say, no say, very no say, no say, no very no say. Although there, there, there are more words spoken than I had remembered. Or a cup of tea is a cup of tea. That's <laughs> cup of tea, cup of tea, yeah, isn't, isn't it? And it. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. A lot of ends in this actually, <laughs> more than I remembered. <laughs> the goal of Pompidou was it was an experimental comedy sketch sort of program that was meant to sort of evoke the Charlie Chaplin, the Mr. Bean. I think Mr. Bean is probably the closest reference point since it's a British television show. It's so Mr. Bean. I am quoting Matt Lucas on his inspirations, according to Wikipedia. Sure. Uh, Which, (laughs) but basically physical comedy, meaningless dialogue. The only dialogue included is meaningless. So even though they say words like in it, cup of tea, it, it doesn't add anything of substance. It's supposed to be more like inflection based than it is actual like vocabulary so you you read the the wikipedia on the obviously i just love that even the wikipedia article can't help but take the piss out of the Dude, ship the wikipedia so article funny. has one of the most fierce burns i've ever <laughs> seen in my life <laughs> who wants to read it just now you go ahead it just fucking bodies this show Inspired by Charlie Chaplin, more uh, Laurel and Hardy, Pingu, Buster Keaton, Jacques Tati, and Marty Feldman. <laughs> Jacques Tati. Jacques Tati. Hilarious. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. Pompidou aimed to reinvent visual comedy for the 21st century and create an international series for a global audience. It did not succeed in this task. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit of editorializing. And you know, none of the Wikipedia mob is going to check the Pompidou page. Like, they're not getting around to that one anytime soon. (laughs) Completely forgot. The the fact that this show has a Wikipedia page is a victory. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, it's like, there's so much dust collecting on the Wikipedia page. Like, you could put a picture of a dick on there, and it's like... Like they would never take it down. Probably not. It is gone. This show is gone. At this point, our podcast has a larger following. There is no question. Oh, easily. Because after this, I, I I was looking for articles about like when the show came out. What did people have to say about it? And I was searching for YouTube videos about like reactions. There's not that much. I had to Google advanced search for eight years ago <laughs> to find the articles. Right. It's crazy. Right. A lot of them have been taken down. Um, there was a interview that he did with Seth Meyers when Late Night with Seth Meyers first started, and that video no longer exists. Um, so, I, you know, I like you can't find basically any reference of it. And as we mentioned, this was a Netflix co-pro. This is one of the early um, collaborations with BBC that Netflix did. And, you know, in a lot of cases, those have turned out to be uh, very fruitful <laughs> partnerships. Uh, this one, not so much. Netflix does not have any references to this show anymore. So is this all like Matt Lucas's influence to make sure that his name is not associated with this anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Like, y- you you kind of feel like with The Great British Bake Off being such a Netflix hit, Netflix would have seized on the opportunity to to start pushing Pompadou out. <laughs> but Season yeah. two of Pompadou? I mean, yeah, you'd think it'd be a pretty easy algorithmic thing, but um, <laughs> they know better, I guess. 
do you do you agree with his like his motivation to change vis- visual comedy in an international way? I mean, it's Britain. They this they do this constantly. Is he aware that Sean the Sheep is a thing? That's right. It's Sean the, same, the Sheep does the same thing. Same right. thing. But yeah. <laughs> the key here in Sean the Sheep is that uh, there are actual physical jokes. Well, okay. <laughs> Which is the important thing. Time, all right. Time <laughs> Which is the important thing we got to talk I about. I feel like let's fill in more of the history here and then we'll get to our actual thoughts on the all show. All right. <laughs> um, so you introduced this to Zach and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched the first episode after movie night. And I don't remember how this happened, but I, I someone grabbed a mic and said, let's start. Let's press play and let's start talking about this weird thing. And I again, I didn't listen to the episode. This is back in the day when we had only one microphone and we were gathered around it. And it sounds like we were broadcasting out of a bathroom or something. It, it was the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Listening to this show again. And it still exists <laughs> quite, if quite you adorable. dare. I mean, you can. It's like the Evil Dead tape. I mean, like, go for it. It's there. I would say it is uh, fairly unlistenable. Sure. It is wildly offensive we are leaning especially (laughs) yeah really especially me really leaning hard i mean this was a different era and i was a kid who grew up on like family guy and south park and like dane cook jokes i didn't have a line we were children to be clear like we were we were 19 right it was what sophomore year of college i think yeah so we were 19 we were not even 20 years old yet like we were very very young i think a lot of it came down to not confident in our ability to make jokes without leaning on shock humor right well and i think maybe a lack of comfort with uh with non-funny podcasting you know Mm. because that too we were morons (laughs) we were were fools (laughs) like there there was nothing to talk about if it was not dick jokes you know (laughs) that being said oh no i was really into the energy yeah. Of those earlier pods. Me too. It was actually fun. It made me really nostalgic. No, I For mean when it. it was fun to do this podcast. No, I <laughs> mean it. I log. It's not that it's it's slog. not that it's not fun anymore, but it's not fun in the same way. Yes. Because yeah. back then it was so low stakes, low pressure, and we were purely doing it for us. Yes. The entire time, I will admit, though, I was kind of like, where's Adam? Like, it it felt wrong that Adam wasn't there. No, I'm serious. It felt wrong that Adam wasn't there. Because that's how long he's you've been a part of the show for more than way more than half of our existence. Seventy five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably even more. Yeah, I think he came the following year, right? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Fall of twenty sixteen. I remember the episode. Yeah. So that was seven years ago. I graced us with Lady in the Water and that was that. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. the first show that I did. I did the Star Wars pod with you guys. That was the first time I was right. ever on the show. Yeah. And that was in twenty fifteen. So that was only a couple months removed from this. I'll never forget like uh I think it was it was at Central and uh, Nick and I were walking in between classes in like the courtyard where like the fountain is and everything at CCSU. And he's just like, yeah, I got this guy, Nico, and we just did movie nights. We just watched The Road Warrior. I know you really like Mad Max. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, I do like Road Warrior. Maybe I'll come and join you on a pod one of these days. Yeah. And that was that. And I'd been hearing whispers. Nick was kind of like playing matchmaker. And it was like, <laughs> you know, like you're getting set up with a blind date or whatever. And it's like, yeah, is she cute? Does she have good skin? What's like, <laughs> well, he's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nico, well, Nico has great skin, though, first off. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. And I hope that was in your pitch to Adam at first. Um, yeah, it, it was a different. I, I, I mean, to, it's a different podcast. It's a different lifetime. Like We were different people yeah. like i am not even close to the same person that i was when i was 19 years old your tastes 
are very different too. That's the other thing yeah, I, I, I noticed mean, a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's kind of funny though? I was kind of shocked because between the three of us, uh, you've changed the least. Really? You think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Like back then, the jokes and references you were making were at the same brow level. <laughs> <laughs> Nico, you need new. You need a new routine, dude. Write new material. No, the, di- the different. The main difference between then and now is that eight years ago I didn't get your references. Oh. And now I do because I've watched enough of the things that you talk about. Right. Yeah, it's not me that's gotten too big, Nick. It's the pictures that have gotten small. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, like I was... Then it was highbrow. Now it's like middle to low, you know? Now it's kind of... We caught up to you. Yeah, inflation has kind of caught up to me. Right. Where like my intelligence level is Just kind of... Stayed right there. Stayed. Just right there. <laughs> kind of story of my life, honestly. That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's why I can't go back and listen, though. Like, I just don't, like... I mean, that's always the way that it is. Like, you always think that you change more than the people around you because you are with your thoughts all the time and i'm sure i'm sure i have a bias when i'm listening right you always like assume a level of like dimension to your character that most other people kind of just like shrug off no i like the old podcast too though i, I agree nick that there is a great energy and a fun vibe to it that i mean clearly is part of the still the big reason why we're still doing this but um i don't know it's it, like it wasn't as like rigid as a lot of podcast that i would watch at the time or anything it was just like you were hanging out with people in a, in a room which is always really nice yeah there was a podcast that was kind of maybe not popular but it, it had gone viral around the time that we started doing this show called i think it was like the worst idea ever or something like that which was two guys watch grown-ups two every week for a year and podcast about it <laughs> okay and the idea was like this is not really a podcast about grown-ups two it's about Two people going insane because they're, you know, watching the same footage over and over again, <laughs> Clockwork Orange style, right? Mm. And I think, like, part of the initial concept, if there even was a concept for what we were doing, was, like, we're just going to be, like, the bad boys of movie podcasts, you know? Like, we're just going to uh, be <laughs> transgressive and be us, and it's not going to really be about the movies. It's going to be about, like, hanging out with your quirky friends, and I think that runs out pretty quick. Mm. <laughs> The first episode of the Pompadou podcast, uh, you actually, because we originally recorded it as a Nico show and then re-released it as a Pompadou podcast, so you added a five-minute uh, solo intro uh-huh. to it. You kind of laid out the vision for the podcast, and we haven't strayed too far from it, shockingly. What was it? It was initially, like, obviously we're going to do this Pompadou show and we're going to, you know, see if we can talk about it. Not just make fun of it, but actually, like, dig into it and figure out what's really going on. Trying to look in behind the scenes and figure out what, what's going on there. But you also mentioned wanting to eventually branch out, do other movies, other shows, and see where it goes. So it, it was clear there was a vision from the start. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I have my whiteboard right now, by the way, next to my head here, looks like that Charlie Day meme. <laughs> it is just full of notes when I was listening to this first two episodes. I was like, all the things I was noticing. I think maybe when you're younger, too, there's this uh, desire to, like, uh, solve movies when you watch movies, you know, or uh, to uh, to theorize and to speculate and to you know, figure out something on like a 
deeper sort of you know puzzle box level well, and that's well that's kind of what we did with yeah pompadou if i remember correctly right it was a lot more like decoding the language and like decoding like who these characters are and you know all of the theories for why this world is the way that it is and we were wrong on all of them pretty much i mean <laughs> to the extent that you can be wrong because like it's not a no 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 we were factually wrong <laughs> like <laughs> he, he checked that shit dude like we had theories like I think our most favorite theory was that the Pompidou universe is the same universe as the Peanuts universe (laughs) (laughs) because of the way all the adults talk and we don't ever see any children talk. But then but then I think later, like a child talks, (laughs) they're making the clay in one scene, too. That was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a fucking mess, dude. Our theories were so bunk. (laughs) I think as I've gotten older, I have uh, I have less desire to think about art that way you know and this show has become more about like you know style and acting and like the movie business context yeah you know that a lot of these like flops come out in and you know i also like we've just we've learned more like i I just i know a lot more about movies than i did then yeah contrary to what you might believe nick i knew very (laughs) little about movies when i was 19 years old and i know very little now but i know a lot more also one of the big differences between now and then was back then you know game of thrones is on the air oh yeah breaking bad i had just finished lost for the first time yeah i was in theory mode i thought every good show had theories yes and that's just not how tv is today you're right good tv you're right it's not and in fact around that time westworld i think premiered and that was supposed to be the next lost high concept Mm. hbo show like i think maybe more Audience wise, it was a more like a, a Game of Thrones watcher than it was like a Sopranos watcher for HBO. Right. But they tried to reverse engineer this idea of like, you know, fandom emerging on message boards and yeah. solving all the mysteries, you know, by uh, including like some pretty dumb fucking mysteries at the center of that show and begging people to theorize about it. What? And no one really cared. I think this is part of the reason why podcasts take off, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly. They definitely got us. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're uh, not wrong. I, I'm kind of uh, acquaintances with um, these two guys, Jay and Jack, who did like one of the very first television podcasts. They did the most popular lost podcast on the Internet, and they ended up having a Comic-Con panel oh. um, where, you know, a lot of the cast showed up. I think they're still friends with Jorge Garcia to these days. I think Jack still keeps in touch with them. Um, but like they were there at the epicenter of this, yes, online theorizing culture where fans are seeing stuff in the shows that the creators didn't even intend to put in there. And, uh, yeah, that it it kind of exists on Reddit. It kind of does. But like you look at the big shows now and it's like Succession, Barry, like those aren't like Wednesday on Netflix, you know, like these are not really shows that are begging to be solved. You know what I mean? Like there's, they're not like real puzzle box shows in the way that, right. You know, in the late 2000s to early 2010s, every fucking network show was lost. The good TV nowadays is very character driven. I think game of Thrones might've been one of the nails in the coffin for the sort of plot driven approach. It made sure of that with that ending. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, right. Because there was so much effort put into like solving this thing. For it to be that. And then there's the answer. And it's like, well, what did we just spend 10 years on? You know what I mean? Right. 
Why did I fucking dress up like Sir Mormont at Comic-Con just for that fucking ending? Um, so, yeah. So that so that was our origin story. And uh, Adam. And then there's me. Yeah. <laughs> you had known the references, but you never saw the show. So what, what was your opinion of it? It's the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> it's very bad. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Guys, it's so bad. It's it's just it's just trash. I mean, nothing about this works at all. It's so funny to me because Matt Lucas has been funny in the past. Uh, I don't know if he knows why he's funny. I'm not sure he understands the concept of physical comedy because this thing is so insistent on being carried by yeah. gibberish. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, there's very little like actual physical comedy happening that we're supposed to just laugh at. There's a lot more <laughs> situational comedy than it is physical. I think physical comedy is sort of a misnomer a little bit there because it's it's sort of like you're walking into a a room not knowing what's in the room. That's kind of like how it tends to. I guess there's a difference between visual comedy and physical comedy, I guess, mm -hmm. right? Like, there are sight gags in this. There's a lot of sight gags. And I actually was kind of surprised how much was shoved into a lot of these frames, a lot of, like, throwaway jokes. Although they're not good jokes, there is actually a lot of effort, like, put into the production design and stuff. Yeah, there is. Now, that being said, there are, as you said, sparing moments of actual Charlie Chaplin physical comedy and they are not very good. Like I'm thinking of that one scene, I think it was in episode four where Pompidou and Hove are helping each other up and as one lifts the other one up, uh, they fall to the ground and it's like this cycle where they're lifting each other up and falling and lifting each other up and falling and it's shot like really like claustrophobically and weird where you can't really tell what's going on yep. and like none of the impact actually lands. No. Nope. You're right. It's it's mostly the mumbling. Yes. It's actually a very vocal show, if not a dialogue driven show, you know? Exactly. Now, when we talked about Sean the Sheep, mm. we, we made a note that you can do We did this on the other show, by yeah, the way. Yeah, on the other show, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked uh, about the movie Hall of Fame. A great movie, Sean the Sheep. Everyone should see it. And the show. Yeah. But we talked about how you can do kind of interesting stuff with the 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 gibberish and say something about movies sometimes with the gibberish and how little certain like cliched ideas just don't matter and you pointed to the I'm going away to the city I wish I could be with you but I can't but in this movie it's just gibberish but we know exactly what the the dog is saying yes none of that none of that none of that here whatsoever and I was shocked by just how like nothing the show is really yeah it's just it's just so much nothing and even when it's clearly trying to be funny like like with the the fishing pole scene in the first uh <laughs> right like how like, many times have you seen a guy fall into a lake i i know I, yeah and it's not only that too it's like the joke is obvious and it just goes on and on and on and i just like this joke wasn't funny to begin with right so it's a very like awkward oddity that kind of like messes with me a little bit i'm watching it i'm just like <laughs> where am i <laughs> Uh, well, welcome to 2015. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to sophomore year of college. Like, I, this movie, this movie, Jesus, this show would have fucked me up <laughs> back in 2015. Especially if, like, a little bit of, uh, like, lubricant was added to the mix. Like, we, you know. <laughs> oh, no. We were not, uh, you know, smoking any pot in my basement while we were watching this or drinking too much or, like, it was a, a sober experience. That's but <laughs> what we were doing back then was recording at two, 
No. We were recording at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night every week. Oh, that's correct. The yes. Best. I, I don't care. No, because here's the thing, Adam. And this was a school night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Movie night was Tuesday nights. Right. So we got to Nico's at 7 or 8, watched a two to three hour movie, right. hung out for a bit afterwards. Then everybody finally left. And then we would watch the thing we were going to watch together and then we would record. And by the way, the Wednesday release schedule that we mostly adhere to, but not always that to this day is because Tuesday night was movie night and we just released the show without editing the following day. Yeah. Right. So, no editing. Just, here it is. just put it out into the world. Go free, young bird. You tacked an intro on. <laughs> right. Using audacity. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. This was when we just didn't sleep. Now it's so different. Like, like some, something about like like work life has completely changed that. But with school, I didn't give a shit. No, yeah. it was the best. <laughs> it was like, yeah, whatever. Worst case scenario, I skip class. Yeah, exactly. A fuck? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, it's fine. I do got. I mean, there was something really fun about just the n- no holds barred, no fucks given of just doing it at night, and we're going to be a little loose. Oh yeah, not quite ourselves. Yeah, well, it was I, this thing too, where like everything was uh, like the pod was just an hour. Of our conversation like it was like you could have taken me you because me and you and Zach were hanging out all the time in th- those couple of years like almost every day we would see each other and there were random lunch conversations and you know drives to and from school and like just pull an hour out and that could have been a podcast like it was just this free-flowing thing it's a lot closer to our actual conversations yeah like we were just social all the time it's like i was with you guys all the time (laughs) which is very funny because you've probably heard over the years if you've listened to us say we don't know how to talk to each other without it being a podcast (laughs) (laughs) because no joke when i see nico now and we're talking in person and there's no mic in front of us it's an off mic pod we talk like this. We do. We don't yes, know, we don't know it's an how to talk. We don't know how to do it. Like we're doing bits and weird things. And yeah. Before we start recording, actually, this is. We a- did. Yeah, we yeah. did a whole freaking thing. We did a two cent segment before you came in here. Oh, Adam. no. <laughs> well, see, this is why, like, I, when, when we start recording now, we just start recording. It's confusing. To me. Yeah. It's, like, it's all the same. No, I don't me. know what life is outside of this. Yeah. <laughs> no. But, yeah. When, when we're just waiting to start the show, like, we're just like, hey, man, how you doing? Like. It's very podcasty. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, how are you doing? What kind of question is that? No, but back then I would just see you, and it's like we would just carry on for where we left off the night before. <laughs> We're still potting. Yeah, it was just an ongoing thing, like it's, on mic and off mic. It was, yeah, it was it's just the boyhood of podcasts. Oh man, those were the days, Nick. <laughs> and I think, like, listen. The structure is good. Like, the show has gotten better. Let's Mm. be clear. This is a better show now than we did eight years ago. But I think, like, then, especially because we watched the movies together and then we potted about them, the podcast was often just about the experience of watching the movie and not about the movie itself. So there was a lot of, like, recounting, oh, you were laughing so hard when that joke landed, or, you know, you fell off the floor when that happened, or Zach was confused at this moment. We were trying to watch episode two of Pompadour at your house, and your internet is notoriously garbage. (laughs) I love this motif. And... It took us an hour and a half to watch this 25-minute episode because it kept buffering, and so we hated the fucking episode. (laughs) 
Right. And I just watched the second episode, and I'll tell you, it wasn't any better or worse than any of the other ones. <laughs> no, it's all the same, guys. But we hated episode two. We loved the other ones, but episode two was garbage. <laughs> no, that, they, they really betrayed Pompadour in that episode two. <laughs> no, we were like, you, no, you went on this whole spiel, Nico, about how the, yeah. the whole first episode was about this, how this butler and Pompadour stay together despite there's being no pay. They're just friends. I'm going to roll up in a ball and die right you now. You were giving so Where much credit <laughs> to Pompadour. You were like, you were like they were they're together because they're friends, and now the show is pitting them against each other with money. <laughs> you wanted this, and how it, like that was the wrong decision for the writers. How it, how it like betrayed the character of the show. You wanted this whole tangent. It is basically listen, guys. The show actually had something in that first episode. It wasn't good, but it had something. But episode two, <laughs> I was going to ask you guys: Do you think that these episodes? were aired in the order that they were written or do you think that they just shot them out of order and just decided which ones were the strongest the last one was definitely meant to be last well the last one actually has some finality to it like there's a post credit sequence yeah. yeah and also i mean the their their trailer home burns to the ground i i wasn't sure if it was a chicken or the egg situation where they aired them in the order of like funniest to least funny or if they just got lazier in the writing over the episodes you know and it just it just turned out that way because I actually did think the first episode was the best one but maybe it's just because it was the first one that I watched and I wasn't tired of the shtick yet I don't know I mean my favorite gag if I had to pick one is then the lottery episode the fact that the guy wins the lottery and he just buys another trailer. That's, right. that's kind of funny to me. And not only that, but when he walks in, it's like a mansion. Yes. It's like, I wasn't like laughing hysterically, but I, it made me go like, <laughs> yeah. It brings more attention to the fact that Pompadour's trailer is also way bigger than it should be. But you don't, you almost don't notice it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Until they like take the joke to its extreme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, when I watched the first episode, I was like, man, maybe, uh, the way I've watched movies and shows has changed maybe i can like find the good in this and then about two episodes in i was like i want to die this is awful <laughs> yeah it's it just like i thought there was something there and then it just it it wore me down dude i had a very very similar experience because yeah i think this this podcast has sort of trained us in a way to think about movies sometimes in a different sort of way yeah and to look at the things that are ugly at on on first glance but actually have something to them and i was like okay this isn't funny yet but maybe there's something here. Uh, and yeah, I think, I, man, I was pretty done by episode one. I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> no, guys. I think there are funny moments. I think sure. there are pockets of childish humor. I mean, these are not like, this is not fucking Seinfeld in its premises. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no. you know, the episodes kind of just have a topic and they kind of just go with it. And the joke at minute three is basically the same as, as, as minute 24. You know, like it's not uh, going to surprise you by the end of it. They're all kind of riffs on the same idea of he was a rich guy. Now he's poor and he's wreaking havoc on all the normal people around him. But the performance particularly by Matt Lucas, who I think is doing his best and is really trying hard with material that he cares about, is at times admirable and kind of amusing. But for the most part, it's pretty grating. Yeah, I am supportive of 
this experimental structure, even if it fails, like at least he tried something like we live in, you know, I I also noted, we talked in episode two a lot about uh, Marvel Avengers and like, isn't that kind of sad that we spent like, I'd rather be talking about Pompidou than Avengers. How were we talking about it out of curiosity? glowingly dude like we were excited that martin freeman i think was cast in uh captain america oh my god yeah that's one of the more surreal elements of those early shows is like getting a a a sense of where our fingers were on pop culture and realizing how wrong (laughs) we were yeah i I mean it was you know the early days of the Republic, you know, yeah. like we didn't really know how bad it was going to get. It had become the Galactic Empire yet. Yeah. 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 I think Age of Ultron probably came out like a couple weeks after we started the pod. Right. So, yeah, this was when. Yeah. Marvel, at least at the time, it's like they can't miss, you know, yeah. it's like, holy shit, they made a good Thor movie. We were ta- we spent a lot of time talking about Marvel and that's yeah i think that's one of the things where we got it wrong where we were part of that group saying no to pompadou and yes to marvel and that's i feel the opposite today at least on a in a moral stance i mean marvel's still objectively better than pompadou yeah (laughs) even the worst ant-man movie is better than pompadou well it's that idea that like is a movie something that gives you what you want all the time like is that what movies are supposed to be are movies supposed to just deliver to you exactly what you're asking for in algorithmically produced detail. Right? Pompadou is not an algorithmically driven Netflix show. No. No. <laughs> no. If it was, it wouldn't exist. That's true. Sure. So this is also probably one of the last remnants of, you know, actual TV being attempted by Netflix. It's so funny that we're talking about this now with the writer's strike just happening. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's it's kind of like eerie timing. Um, but yeah, that that's been one of the many gripes that the the uh, the writers association the writers guild um has levied is the idea of like ai AI, and that's kind of been like the the headline grabbing thing but i think in general the the notion here is that these streaming services are not interested in art you know like warner brothers sony paramount like you know they are corrupt organizations in and of themselves but at least like they are concerned with the business of myth making and storytelling whereas like these streaming services are not interested in that at all yeah, it's a- like those early days what we're learning now like house of car joins is a new black like that was just testing the waters you know what i mean like they were just trying to calibrate the algorithm and now it's calibrated and what do people want they want red notice that's what they fucking want you know they want free guy um, they want a thousand serial killer true crime. Yes, they want the features. Dahmer. Yes, yeah, they yeah, want yeah. Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. uh, everywhere all the time. It was a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. situation. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think they, they came to L.A. in the early 2000s being like, you know, we're going to disrupt. You know, Silicon Valley is invading the Hollywood. And like, we're going to give unlimited resources and no notes to all of these uh, ambitious writers and directors. And no, it turns out like they were just interested in populating their services with content. Yeah, content and the new technology. Right. And yeah. the the long term plan was a lot more sinister than the short term plan. And that's why this I think this strike is actually going to go on for a while. Is I yeah, think I like these too. streaming services have a lot of fucking leverage and writers gave them that leverage. And now they can't put the cookie back in the cookie jar because 
there are plenty of fucking Wednesday Adams shows on Netflix for them to survive for another 10 years. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, if only there were more Pompadus. <laughs> so if only if there were more Pompadus. <laughs> well, right in spirit though, right? <laughs> yes, no, and so I, that's, that, that's what I... We I, say that I, jokingly because Pompadou sucks, but like we like to champion swings and misses here more than a perfect score swung by a fucking robotic arm. It's rare that, you know, a passion project bothers me that much like like the book of henry is an example where i don't care how much colin trevorrow loved that idea it's that's a movie that bothers me. yes but by definition by the very nature of the thing yeah it is a better piece of art than anything written by chat gpt sure oh well oh, easily, easily right but just easily. by definition not like technical kind of like oh, structure yeah. like just by the fact that it was written by a person and not an algorithm, it's better. Oh, even even the Book of Henry is eons yes. ahead of those things. Right, yes. Right, yes. Right. I've decided to stop referring to anything created by AI or algorithms as art at all. I think it literally strips the def. I think art is made by people. AI art is an oxymoron. You're right. Mm-hmm. I hate the term AI art. I prefer AI generated images. It's an it's a JPEG. It's not art. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. Art is. Uh, it's a conversation that an artist has with an audience, right? That's like, that's what art is, mm-hmm. you know? So the second that you take the person out of it and it's, yeah, it's just like wish fulfillment. You're not making art anymore. Um, anyway, we're all doomed. We're all going to hell. We're all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Welcome our overlords. Uh, yeah. How, how, how far into the actual machinations of this show do we want to get? I mean, it's just the wacky adventures of like we said a formerly rich now dirt poor guy who essentially acts like a child like a baby yes um his butler and his talking dog or not talking dog but human behavioring dog puppeted maybe animatronic dog marion wants to be a talking dog i kept thinking the dog was gonna talk but never really does except for the opening song kind of sort of it just goes rah 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 yeah 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 just their wacky adventures Trying to get something. Mostly trying to get money. Sometimes trying to get food. Sometimes trying to get warmth. Mm-hmm. Going through Maslow's hierarchy of needs here. That's sure. Right. <laughs> Maybe that was the actual inspiration. I wish I had that theory back in 2015. That would have been. Uh, half the theory making back in 2015 was mostly us trying to piss Zach off, which was also an element of this show that no longer is here. Zach getting mad at Nico and I. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't get that. I didn't watch every single uh, uh, pod that, or didn't listen to every single podcast that you guys did on the Pompidou show. So I don't, I don't think I quite got to the points where Zach would get really pissed off. Well, Zach liked the show first off. Yeah. Zach was a fan. Yeah. Yeah. He liked the show and he hated that we were looking for answers and theories. And because in his mind, it was just British humor Guy goes out, does silly thing, ha ha. Well, he's right. <laughs> yeah, that's another note. Nico was like, at one point, he was like, I'm surprised this show didn't touch on more like cult, uh, British cultural touchstones. <laughs> and we asked you to name some. And the ones you named was... The Queen. <laughs> the Queen. You said the Queen and One Direction, neither of which exist anymore. <laughs> Eight years later, they're both gone. God save the queen. Holy shit. And fucking Harry Styles, dude. Oh. Because they touch on British culture a lot, actually. There's a Freddie Mercury thing. There's like a Margaret Thatcher kind of parody. Like, yeah. 
There's a lot of like West End actors that kind of just pop up in weird supporting roles. Oh my god! The only thing the show's doing, uh, commenting on anything, is just like British aristocracy, and that's really about it. But even then, it's like kind of like puddle deep. Yeah. Oh, uh, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's it's just it's it's nonsense, guys. The whole show is fucking nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, the first episode. We we don't have to really go through it that extensively, but um, first episode. They're hungry. It's called hunger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the Steve McQueen film. <laughs> they end up going fishing. The fishing leads somehow to Hove the butler getting a bird caught in his stomach. A bird flies into his mouth or whatever. This does lead to a gag that's kind of like maybe go like, what? And yeah. it was it was pretty funny. I think the first episode is so jarring for this moment alone. Yes. Because <laughs> they're in the operating room and they're trying to remove the bird, which is still alive. And also the bird speaks English. Perfect English. The bird speaks better than the characters on the show. <laughs> right. The, the bird is making a nest out of the his ribs, out of Hove's <laughs> yeah. ribs. Yeah, we see in the x-ray, we see him peel the rib off and put it in a pile. <laughs> which I do love when a character gets in front of a uh, like a sci-fi x-ray machine. And you just see random shit in there. Just like the butler's performance. He's just like grabbing his gut like he's constipated. The yeah. ribs are getting pulled apart, like, oh, ah, stop it. Oh. And then, yeah, he's in the surgery room. They cut him open. And Pompadou fully, his whole body falls into the butler's body. I mean, Pompadou performs the surgery because the doctor has been drugged. Is that right? I think. Has he been drugged? Yes. Pompadou drugs the doctor because he wants some of that sweet hospital food. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because he's so hungry, but he realizes all the patients are getting hospital food. Yeah. Which, by the way, this does touch on uh, one of the the truisms of life, the great truisms of life. Uh, No food like hospital food. Are you saying hospital food's good? It's sick. I've always heard hospital food's horrible. Hospital cafeteria food, sick. I've always heard it's bad. I've only been to the emergency room. Um, I've never, like, been in surgery or anything. But I've been there when my brother was. And I, I think I agree. I think I agree. Maybe it's that. just because you're in a hospital and it's like there is no hope here. So like it's the last meal. Yeah. It's like Could running be. into water in a desert. It's just like, oh, my God, they have food here. Yeah. Like there's a restaurant in the hospital. Like, <laughs> you know, I've been staring at a fucking heart monitor for an hour and a half. I've never eaten at a hospital. It oh, does. Nick, it's the best. When you visit somebody at a hospital, you, you first first you pop in the gift shop, you get them a couple balloons, then you head to the to the fucking calf. You get some jello and shit. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's it the does, best. It's all in styrofoam. I did kind of uh, my my first experience playing um N64 was at a hospital when my brother was getting his appendicitis taken out and he was just laying there in pain, not doing much. And then I just went to the other room and started playing Star Fox and it was just like the best. Yeah. Oh, I love Star Fox and the N64, my guy. Great memories. My orthodontist had an N64. I used to play Goldeneye on it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ooh. Hell yeah. Yeah. Point being, Nick, <laughs> I recommend on your next date night with Michaela, swing by the old Cincinnati General over there, you know? Yeah, all right. Check out their cafeteria situation. All right. How do you feel about IKEA food? I don't think I've ever eaten at an IKEA. I always I've, you know, passed by the the, the cafeteria there, but never got those meatballs. People love the meatballs. Yeah, I've never been to an IKEA, so I can't speak to That's it. That's right. We've talked about this before. Been to I'm going to take you one time. Never been to an IKEA, never been to a Costco. So I- 
Dude, I fucking that's like my second office, Costco. I know. I, I was know. just it's there every, yesterday. I it, go all the time. It's everybody's second office. Dude, anytime you want to come with me, like we can go. They don't want me there, Nico. They, they won't let they, they won't let me in. Don't. You take so many fucking samples. <laughs> That's some mango juice yesterday. Some old lady handed me some mango juice. I'm John Belushi in that cafeteria, man. Grab me grab me uh what is it? I think it's fifty nine cents, maybe forty nine cents for a soft drink. I get myself a large Coke. I'm the kind of guy that grabs the sandwich, takes a bite, then puts it back on the <laughs> Half trip. of the little sample on the on the toothpick. <laughs> yeah. Where's the closest IKEA to you guys? Uh, New Haven. Yes, it's like New Haven or Bridgeport or something like that. Yeah. I think it's New Haven. Maybe next time I go to Connecticut and we're gonna do a pod. Maybe we go to IKEA food court and we do the pod there. <laughs> we get a meal. Maybe we could do it in one of the displays. Yeah, sit at a couch. Yeah, like find like a couch setup, like right. Barb and Star. Yeah, Barbara Star, right? Yeah. We're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, IKEA is a great place. Yeah. IKEA is great because it just gets better the more like it's 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 like a hedge maze. There's only one way in and one way out. Like you can take little detours and shit, but at the end of the day, like you gotta it's there's one exit. I, I will say no, yes, I, I love I love the way it's designed. It's like you're shopping or we'll, we'll kill you. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like Stu Leonard's. That's a local yeah. reference. Nobody mm-hmm. will understand that that's there listening we- to this, but that's a local grocery store that it's just it's one path, one yeah. way in, one way out. It's brilliant. I will I will say, um I I was watching uh, a girlfriend reviews recently and I love uh I, I just it, it seemed like a good place to be. So I think maybe I'll just go there with Abby and we'll just shop around <laughs> for like furniture for no good reason. It's like, you know something? Maybe I am missing out on this. Let me know because I could use some new Tupperware. Yeah. So I, I watched the Try Guys. Uh, he, uh, one of the guys, Keith, does uh, eat the menu where he'll go to a restaurant and he'll eat every single thing on the menu. Mm. And he did Ikea. And it was a shockingly well-reviewed uh, restaurant. He basically said Ikea is a restaurant that also sells furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Are you aware how Ikea ends? What happens on your way out? Um... I don't, I don't know. Should it be a surprise for him when he gets there? I don't know. You, they slime you like Nickelodeon. <laughs> <laughs> you go through all of the displays and then you end up in a giant warehouse. Yeah. Where all of the furniture that you've just seen has been boxed for you. And you just go to that section of the warehouse and you grab the item and you put it on your cart and you walk out. Wow. You don't even bring a cart through the store with you. They have little hand baskets if you want to grab some of the smaller things throughout the store. But only those are at the end too, though. Those aren't even really scattered. Right. Throughout There's not the even really a point. Yeah. You, if you like something, what you do is you take a picture of the letters and numbers associated right. with the item, sure. and then you go find the aisle and you pull it down. And then at the end, beyond that, next to the registers, there is uh, the little gift shop where they sell like all the jar jams and chocolates. Oh, that's right. The jams. Yeah. That's what I forgot the about. Jams. And then there's also right near the exit is the um, discount section of like items that are slightly damaged. You can get way discounted. Yeah, the layaway. That's the best. Damn. Sounds like a magical place. No, it's like it's like fucking Willy Wonka because like it only gets bigger as you go. Like it's you're not squeezing me through that tiny door. It just becomes this like spatial optical <laughs> illusion where it's like, how did this big warehouse get here? I was just in a fucking pantry. <laughs> I was just checking out plates and fucking lighting fixtures. It's like the mansion reverse thing in Papa do. It is right. It's like uh-huh. that. That's yeah. what I can. Yeah, that's what I can. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're going to go. 
We're going to have a good time. Okay. Uh, can't, can't wait. So, uh, episode two, it's called Lottery. Uh, Pompidou thinks he wins the lottery. He doesn't. Hove actually does. What are the odds? Roll reversal. Yeah, there's actually a kind of good bit where Pompidou thinks he's won the lottery so many times that he runs to a random woman sitting at a bus stop and begins dancing with her. And he dances for so long that she misses the bus. And she's old and helpless and she can't like she has no control of the situation. <laughs> right. So he kind of assaults an old lady at a bus. Yes, stop. He does. Yeah, that's really how I should phrase it. And he ends up like giving her her wall, giving her his wallet because he doesn't need it. Yeah, he's like, I won't need this anymore. But every time he realizes that he has spoken too soon, he's jumped the gun on the you know fame and fortune thing. He has to go back and retrieve the wallet again. And by the third time, she's expected that he'll be back. And so she hands him the wallet again. I, I kind of just wanted him to get hit by the bus. I was yeah. I was really getting tired of this Matt Lucas guy. Uh, so yeah, he, he uh, Hove gets a. A mansion trailer. Um, <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that it gets destroyed at the end. And so now he's back to being a butler for Pompadour. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Hope becomes kind of like a London city slicker, you know, like he becomes like he wears like floral patterns on his shirt and he gets like a spray tan. Loses yeah. the glasses. He got blonde comb over too. I think that's another part of it. Yeah. Totally. He loses like twenty years. Yes, he does. It's right. amazing. Yeah. How old are these characters supposed to be too? Because like Pompadou ends up going on a date with a much older woman. It's implied that he's supposed to be older. My, that was all, that was my thought anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think he's old. Also, Matt Lucas probably the only guy in the business who has to get hair put on for his character. Right. <laughs> like Pompadou is bald, but he's like sort of balding in that way where he still has hair like around his head, just not on the top. Did you hear that? Yeah. What was that? That was just somebody's engine driving by like an asshole. I'm doing a podcast. Shut up. It was Zach's ghost. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Oh, by the way, Zach's a dad. Oh, yeah. He's got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really think that was our business oh, to put yeah. out there, but yeah, we can. They Everybody don't care. knows that. Everyone, well, yeah, I think. The listeners of the pro, the podcast. Oh yeah, that's but. right, listeners. We had the first podcast baby. Yeah, any well, that's not quite true. Uh, for this podcast, maybe, but not on like the the whole website. Who cares about those other? Podcasts? No, we're talking about why is this a thing. We're talking about the first family of why is this a that's thing right. here. Yeah, right, it's all about family. But I was gonna say, any any longtime listeners who were also listeners to Rob before this, you know that. That means that Zach will never return. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the trend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach's got a baby. Congratulations to them. We're all thrilled. We're all very happy about it. There was about 48 hours where we didn't know if the baby was born yet. And so Nick it was kind of doing this weird dance with Zach's wife. About like, wait a minute, should we congratulate her? Shouldn't we? There was a whole group oh, thread about funny. it. <laughs> and I didn't say a word. We didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was like, did Abby hear anything? And Abby didn't hear anything. It was very strange. Yeah. The reason we were like, I think she had her baby. It was actually Michaela who found it. On Instagram, she just posted a picture of her holding a coffee and she's like, can finally drink coffee again. But it's weird it didn't come with a baby announcement. Yeah, like, that's so, a little, no, it's a little cryptic. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and so everybody was just like, oh, what does that read between lines? What does this mean? <laughs> and then Nico was like, can you drink coffee when you're in labor? <laughs> I'm like, no. 
because I heard the due date, but the due date had passed. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it was so. Uh, yeah. Congrats. 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 Uh, we all have a nephew, guys. Now, yeah. baby, Enzo. baby Enzo. Yeah. As somebody who uh, is known for giving honest reviews of uh, babies, he has a cute baby. He's cute, but he's Zach as shit. He's so Zach. He's a Zach ass baby, dude. Yes. I've seen some ugly babies in my day. I call a spade a spade. Totally. This is a cute baby. He's a cute baby. Yeah, adorable. Just looks a lot like Zach. Yeah, What's wrong with that? Nothing. That's... He's a handsome man, but looks a lot like him. That's all. It was like, oh my God, they shrunk Zach. No, seriously. <laughs> it was like... It, it... <laughs> No, because I don't know. What always, is this sorcery? Very often when I, people say like, oh, he just looks just like the mother. Right. I'm like, I'm like well. Well, first of all, the like moms always want to see themselves. Yes. In the like I have a cousin that just had a baby for the first time and she's been telling everyone, oh, doesn't he look just like me or whatever? And they're all lying to her. And I've had to tell her, like, you're delusional that this looks like your husband. You were there's none of this. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm surprised you're even the mom. Like, like <laughs> but the moms always want their DNA in there and the dad really I have don't no care. idea what I you're talking about. It's true. <laughs> I've never heard this. I've never encountered this. <laughs> the moms are more sensitive about this stuff. I think there's a little 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 bit of gray where it's like, okay, maybe sort of I can see if how that squint, could be. Right. But th- n- not even close here. It's, it's it's just it's just Zach. It's just yes. It's kind of creepy. A little actually. bit of Jackie knows a little bit a little bit but other than that no that's it's the head luckily there's no question about who the mother is uh, right. <laughs> that, that mystery is pretty uh <laughs> pretty much solved it's open and shut there. well that's good <laughs> we spent too much time talking about other people's personal business so <laughs> <laughs> why don't we get on to episode three of pompadour <laughs> Um, so, uh, the bowl is episode three. This guy in a smiley face t-shirt shows up for a nondescript holiday. Is it Christmas? Is it Thanksgiving? What is that holiday? Boxing day. Ram Kapoor. Maybe. (laughs) I guess it's a relative of Pompidou. Maybe it's a cousin. Maybe it's a brother. We don't really know. Right? I have no idea. (laughs) His name is Nick, I think. Yeah. Pompidou doesn't know what to get. His this guy in a smiley face T-shirt for Christmas, Thanksgiving, birthday, something, Boxing Day, and so <laughs> they uh, text they they pull out a bowl from the closet, yeah. and the bowl is uh, ends up they go on like a antiques roadshow parody, and turns out the bowl is worth like six million pounds. <laughs> so uh, Papadou and Hove like the whole plot of the episode is how do we get a bowl. He goes to a fucking like restaurant to order the meal, then tries to steal the bowl. I wrote this down. Yo, so fat Chinese restaurant. Is that what that said? Yo, so fat. Yes. Oh, it did. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And the whole episode's like, it's a bowl, isn't it? You know, that's basically the privacy, you know. He tries to make a bowl out of clay at one point. And- Garfunkel Art School. <laughs> that's the name of the pottery place. Garfunkel Art School. Uh yeah, and eventually the the crappy bowl they make at the pottery studio is worth more than the original bowl, and that causes Hove to drop the bowl out of shock, and so they're out of money again. I will say this episode did contain one of the only sight gags that made me laugh. 
there's this running thing about when a character imagines something or is recounting a story. Oh, uh, sure. Real or imagined, like a thought bubble mm. will appear above their eyes and there'll be like some sort of animation inside the thought bubble. And in this imaginary scenario, Hove has been knocked out by the cousin slash brother slash friend slash guy at the trailer park. And uh, the birds appear over his head to signify that he's been knocked out and one of the birds shits on his head. <laughs> I like that. I also love that other people will come up to their thought bubble and push it away. Yeah. That's and fun. sometimes pop it. Yeah, yeah that's fun. That's yeah. Fun. yeah. That's good shit. Uh, next is the date. The date. Uh, Pompidou joins an online dating service because it's Valentine's Day. There's a subplot involving a fly. I'll admit I was on my phone for a lot of this one. <laughs> this, is just kind of, this is where it really started to be. It got difficult. There's like a guy in a fly outfit yeah. that, uh, that Hove is searching for, but Pompidou doesn't want to kill him because it's Valentine's Day and the fly might have a date tonight. So he's on a date with an older woman and, uh, you know, havoc ensues at the restaurant when Pompidou like spits his food all over her, and, yeah. you know, is unable to pay the tab, things like that. Episode number five, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, this one, even to this day, I remembered being like the wildest shit ever. They go to like a church fundraiser of some kind because they're looking to sell all of Pompidou's items. He's a hoarder. The episode is called a hoarder as yes, a matter of fact. that's right. You know, they go to one of these events and it's kind of like a flea market tag sale kind of thing. And the basic premise here is that Hove wants Pompidou to sell all the shit. Because there's too much garbage. And Pompidou's not having any of it. He doesn't want to sell any of it. So uh, at this tag sale, Pompidou basically um, ends up putting out a bunch of disguises to buy his own stuff from Hove so that he can keep it and take it home. Absolutely no sense. <laughs> so the disguises include Freddie Mercury, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow is one of them. Uh, he at one point dresses up like a Jamaican banana, <laughs> a Gensha, yeah. a Japanese ge- yeah, Geisha, yeah, Geisha, yeah. Geisha, Geisha. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, this is also the episode with the infamous Rebel Wilson cameo. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if we realized this at the time, but she is cosplaying as a little Britain character, mm. as one of Matt Lucas's little Britain characters. We probably didn't pick up on it because we didn't do any research back then. <laughs> But she uh, walks through the frame. There's what? She had like five seconds of the show, maybe. Yeah, she literally just walks by. Yes. Yep. Rebel Wilson was Matt Lucas's roommate when they both moved to the States to pursue acting here. He was in what? With Bridesmaids? Sure. He was briefly, yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I guess this was his paying her back for the cameo? Something like that. I don't I don't know who was paying who back here. But yeah, I'm not sure it was a fair trade, but... That's like a big Wednesday exchange right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the episode ends with uh, Pompadou doing Freddie Mercury. You know, he sings Another One Bites the Dust, but it's... A It's fucking crazy. And then cold is the last episode where it's cold. Everyone's sick and cold. 
icicles are falling from the ceiling, and Marion the dog is the in dog, a block of ice. The dog dies. Forgot? No, well, it doesn't yeah. die. But you would have thought the dog would die. Yeah. I do like the heater repair guy. That guy's great. Uh, they call him. They go, our heater's broken. And he's just like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah come fix it. Sure, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, by the end of the episode, uh, I'll yada yada over this because it doesn't matter. But their entire thing burns down. They've, their, their entire home burns down. They yeah. end up, they want to go to a Hawaiian island, but they can't afford it. So the travel agent says, why don't you try camping? So they go to a camping store. They get some camping equipment. They set up the camp stuff in the trailer because it's too cold outside so they camp inside which also an experience that i had a lot as a child camping inside you ever do like those you know like you have like your friends over hey guys we're gonna sleep in the backyard right we're gonna get fucking tents we're gonna sleep in the backyard and then everybody goes inside because it's too cold well some of them stay outside i was the kid that went inside you were one of those guys i invited friends to my home i said we're sleeping outside and i went in i'm like you fuck this dude fuck <laughs> and i left them out there oh i was always the one outside <laughs> <laughs> always i uh i fucking hate tents i hate sleeping outside i hate it i fucking hate that shit i've done my fair share of it i don't need to do anymore <laughs> so they camp inside and somehow that leads to the house burning down and the repairman gets there and just twists a little screw and the heater's broken it's like bent up and he just twists a screw with a wrench bangs it and it turns on and he goes, ah, that'll be like, you know, 800 pounds. And then he leaves. <laughs> Parts and labor. <laughs> yeah, and then it turns off. And then uh, Hove leaves. He packs his bags and he goes in a mid credit sequence. And you're like, oh, no, season two. What drama will, un- will uh, our characters run into in the ever continuing adventures of Pompidou? And we never figure it out because really- the show's over. Can't wait till uh, the MCU picks this one up. Yeah. And we get some crossover Nick characters. Nick Fury shows up. Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> your, your superpowers just... You're you, part of a larger universe. Just annoy the ever-living shit out of the audience. Oh, that really hurt. That really hurt me. Oh! Oh, Just fucking Thanos punching him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) No, not Thanos. It's Kang now, Nick. He ain't Kang anymore, (laughs) my guy. No. Kang ain't being anyone up for a very long time. (laughs) He has done enough of that lately. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that was like the history of this show. We've gone 360 officially, guys. I would agree. And so now we're ending the show. That's, that's it. it. That's the last show ever. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> it's not so bad, guys. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, yeah. That that. Uh, did you have any other notes about uh, about your experience? Either listening to the old pods or watching. We coughed a lot more. <laughs> It was like, because we were only sharing one mic, there was no edits, we couldn't cut anything out. Right. Uh, Like, uh, as an example, listeners, Nico's coughed three or four times during this episode. Right. But you're not going to hear it. You'll never hear it. Mm. He's going to cut it out. Yeah. Uh, Yet, back then, it was just mid-talking, we're all talking to each other, and Zach's just like... (laughs) Sure, yeah. I mean, also, the way that we were set up, 
it was not a omnidirectional mic. Mm. So it wasn't like we were all equidistant. It'll sound like you're sitting in a chair and Nico's yelling from behind you and I'm yelling from your left <laughs> yeah. and Zach is yelling from your right. It's not exactly finely tuned audio goodness. No, right? it's, it's all t- it's it's chaos really but it's like <laughs> listen though that was the days where we had unlimited time and very finite money you know well there's just i come down i'm like oh where's the studio this is the this studio, is the studio. <laughs> okay well where's the mic it's, you're sharing it with me Adam. it's that fucking sweet spot man <laughs> just <laughs> nothing to do gotta and get a, gotta no get a, money to spend yeah I remember, by the time adam joined the show we had finally upgraded to two mics <laughs> for the four of us <laughs> Adam, you need to get about two inches from my lips. But they were also like very different microphones, oh, so they yeah. didn't sound, you know, and so we, I would sync it up, but it would like be like one guy's in the garage and one guy's in the kitchen, and it was... Meanwhile, the heater would fucking go off in the background. Oh, my God, the heater. Uh, I, oh, that was the best where you would just stop and you'd have to reach over and turn but it I off. But I wouldn't cut that part out of the no. show either. <laughs> no, we, we had a five-minute tangent in one episode because your roof was leaking, like, into the basement. There was a leak. And so, like, Zach goes to the other side of the room to inspect the leak, and he's yelling. And we're looking at it. We're just like, oh, yep, it's been dripping. That's in the episode. Uncut. What were we thinking? <laughs> like, it's such a cliche, but like, you're so stupid when you're a teenager. You're so stupid. Yeah. And you never know it until years later. You don't realize. We must have thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to grab every fucking kid in my life and just shake them and be like, you have no idea how dumb you are now. You will know in many years. You will know how dumb you were. The experience of watching some of my old short films is yeah. it's all I almost physically can't do it. It's it is I, it's really excruciating. Tough yeah, it's tell, like really honestly, bad. like I can't go back a month. No, a, m- a month ago, like I cringe at like, you know, I feel like I'm so much better now than I was then, you know? No. Yeah. And it's all part of the process or whatever. I get it. But like, when does this stop? I kind of like that we have these old recordings, though, because I'm not someone who. I don't have a great memory um, of my own life, honestly. You know what the first po- like why is this a thing show you guys did was? Yeah, I I, I know that. It's gonna okay. be a thought. Yeah, yeah I know. I know that. Yeah, yeah. That was an idea we were kicking around for a while too, though. Yeah, that's that's so interesting though, because I think that's still one of the best shows. No, you, it's not. You guys have well, it's not for different reasons though. It's just like a time capsule of like guys being affected by something horrible. It's just very, very, yeah. very entertaining. I to listen do. To. Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah. That's true. There is something redeemable about that. Yeah. I think so. I think like there is a natural, just kind of like knee jerk reaction to movies that you have when you're young yeah. because you haven't seen it all yet, yeah. you know? And it's like, it hits you on this visceral level and you're so fucking honest. And now it's just hard to be honest. It really is. Like, it's hard to be sincere because you're always, like, thinking about why you think a certain way. Like, you're filtering all of your opinions through other people's opinions and mm. film theory. And it's, like, it's this, like, very refined product at the end of it. Or when you're young and you're watching, like, fucking Fight Club for the first oh, time, yeah. and you don't know all of, like, the cultural baggage around it, and you can just be fucking blown away by something, there is, like, something really, like, pure and honest about it. Yeah, it, like, sounds cliche, but you capture a moment with those early pods in a way. Yeah. In a way, yeah. I, I really don't recommend listening to those old episodes, but, like, 
there is something there. It's just I, I don't want to say that there's there's nothing worthwhile there, but it's you're going to spend three times as much time to find those good nuggets. Yeah. Um, that's life, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now, here's my question. Nico. Are you because because you, you're like, oh, I can't listen to those. I, I'm older, but you, you don't like getting older. So it's a little little bit of a um, dichotomy here. I don't know. Or- yeah, no, I think I. I want the, the I want that to exist in my head. Okay. I don't want to be like confronted with the reality of that I see. of that time. You know okay. what I mean? I see. No, but I but I just think like in general too. Like I'm a fucking I'm a perfectionist, and not that like my work is any indication of that, <laughs> um, given all the flaws and factual errors. Um, but you know, I have like a type A controlling personality, and like I can't control that. I just can't, you know, like the only thing I can do to control that monster that was the Pompidou podcast is to take it off the servers. Sure. (laughs) Like there's no fixing it. There's no like, you know, correcting that stupid joke I made. There's no, you know, so, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I think just creative people in general, you hear about the masters of cinema, like, uh, like I heard Aaron Sorkin in an interview recently. He's like, yeah, like I watch a few good men now and I cringe. And he's like, "I, I, I think like that's the work of like a, playwright that had a lot of promise but ultimately didn't know how to fucking deliver this in the most cinematic form or whatever and yeah that's interesting Gary Oldman said the same thing about when he was talking about Sid and Nancy which is a great performance but he's like I can't watch that shit anymore yeah yeah right it's just like it's just not what it's not what I'm doing anymore you know what I mean like I'm just not like a lot of people are very precious about like I love Reservoir Dogs right it's not Tarantino's best movie but I love that it's his first. I love it. Uh, Heart Eight, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's mm. first. That means a lot to me because I can see the seeds of a great artist first sprouting. Yeah. But like when I look at like my old podcast, it's like I don't see any of that redeemable stuff in there. Like I'm just like, that is amateur shit. It's not what I'm doing anymore. That's a that's old like kill it. Die, die, die. Yeah. I really disagree. There was a moment where there was some energy that I just felt, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the same way, you could still watch Reservoir Dogs, and it's the best. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a good one. We will catch you back here next week. Mm-hmm. Bye. No. 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 No.